Welcome to the Post 25 Life Podcast. We are back. Um, and for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is based off of my blog, Post 25 Life. It's for all of those, or I should say all of us, recovering from our quarter life crisis. I'm here with three co-hosts, a little bit different than usual. I have, uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. It'll be a surprise for all of y'all listening. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna introduce the people that we got. Go ahead and say your name, your age, and then if you have any haircut stories, either for yourself or someone else. We'll start here. Oh, my name's Greg, and uh, <clears throat> I would say that our haircut story would actually be the most recent one because it's the newest style. Style. Mm. It's like the only. It's style. definitely is the, is the mm. only the second style I've ever had. So. Mm. Is the first style just cut? Yeah, just the regular black man. Yeah, just regular. Yeah, just regular. It's really just take a one and then line it up. That's it. That's what I've been doing for like twenty years. No, but you had a fro in high school for one point. A fro in high school. Mm -hmm. You grew out your hair. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. I did. Okay. Because daddy kept saying, "Oh, look at Greg in his hair." (laughs) Oh yeah. All right, so a couple, but yeah, this is like uh, the newest one in a while. So. All right. Yeah. Growing that high top. Mm. High top fade out. All right. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm Alyssa, 27. Haircut story. Um, so I gave my friend a haircut. Uh, he asked me to, so I'll start there. He gave me the clippers, and he was like, oh, can you just give me a quick cut? Like, my friends do it all the time. I trust you. Go for it. So he gave me the clippers without any clips in it. <laughs> and so I looked at it, and I was like, are you sure this is, this is what you do? And he was like, yeah, yeah, just do it. And he was kind of facing away from me. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And I started, and pretty much was just like, zzz, And I stopped, and I was like, uh, I don't think this is right. Uh, so then he looked at it, and he was like, yeah, it's not right. Um, he had to get someone else to fix it. What kind of hair does he have? Is it he, like a, he's, a he's guy? like yeah he's like an Asian guy okay. so he's got like you so know it, it, that's pretty drastic yeah yeah it was you could definitely see some skin back there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got that's... someone to fix it he had like a a, come over? a very high no I only did the back part a fade. so you just had like a very high fade for a few months <laughs> that back, like back in the eighties where it literally uh, <laughs> it was like up here. low key bowl cut but yeah. whatever he was cool he was cool I grew back <laughs> name is Bastille sister. Uh, almost 30 now and my biggest haircut was the chop that Sophia did for me mm-hmm. when I was going natural hey. grew it out for a year and then was like let's go and took basically scissors. took scissors to mm-hmm. it and chopped it all off and had like uh, two mm. centimeter mm. three centimeter front. of hair yeah yeah that was interesting and I also remember Johnny's reaction of seeing you oh, after yeah <laughs> So what she went out with her friends uh, a few days after. Yeah, we did an Orlando weekend. Yeah. And I totally, like, it wasn't that big deal for me. So I was just like, all right. They came to buy a house to pick me up. Did it, did go out the door. I had no hair. And Johnny's face was like, oh. He didn't (laughs) say anything. He didn't didn't say say a word. But his hands were in the air like this. (laughs) And he's just staring at me. Mm-hmm. Me, not really realizing. I was like, hey, what's going on? And Other friends start to... helping. They're like, oh, okay, hey. Where's your hair? <laughs> oh, yeah. And on top of that, he made fun of me for a long time. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all good, though. Uh, and then again, my name is Sophia. You guys know me. Uh, if you don't, I'm Sophia, author of Post 25 Life. I'm actually now 28 as of like three days ago or four days ago. I'm not sure. And actually, surprisingly, Vasi is not the first person that I've given a haircut to. 
I cut my own hair in the same way, but then I also gave a haircut to my friend Gianna. Shout out Gianna if you're listening to this. Way back in the day, she wanted to donate her hair to Walks of Love. Um, so I took a scissors, and her hair was really thick. Chopped, literally hacked through her hair. And she's like, oh, it looks nice. And then we went to an event after, and people were like, oh, look at your haircut. She's like, Sophia did it. I'm like, stop telling people that. <laughs> because that's not something you want to advertise. <laughs> As you can guess, Melissa's here. She's our cousin. She's our um, guest kind of for today. Yeah. Um, and since you guys have kind of heard our stories, uh, just have a couple of, uh, we want to delve into Melissa's stories. So, wait. Go ahead. Yikes. Can we talk? <laughs> Like, I know there's another episode where we're, like, talking about New Jersey and whatnot, and then we said something, something about, yo, Sophia and Melissa, but then you were like, hey, uh, we didn't talk about that. Yep, that was uh, edited out. That was edited out, okay. <laughs> Dang, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Evil. <laughs> yeah, you guys were like, really? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about it there. <laughs> Get that out of here. <laughs> Those were the dark days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> We are grown. We are post-25. Yeah. <laughs> Every villain. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Oh, gosh. Every villain had their side <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, we were bad. Uh, and we were, like, the smart bad, so it was, it was, it was, it was worse. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, let's just touch up on, like, growing up in New Jersey. We were talking about how, when we grew up, we were super close with you guys and the um, Mondestins. Oh, yeah. Kind of explain your family dynamic for people who they don't know you at all. Yeah. So, like, you know, tell us about you growing up, things in New Jersey, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So, it's me, my older brother, Rock. He's in Australia now. Shout out to Rock if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you then our parents. <laughs> so, yeah, we grew up in Jersey. We started out in Newark, um, and we were pretty close with the other our other cousins, the Mondestins, because they lived, like, super close to us. I think there was a period where... My mom used to live with them together, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all in one house. And then eventually we moved to another house in Newark, um, kind of like an apartment. And we lived on the upstairs, but we still would visit with them a lot just because they were pretty nearby. And then when I was like four, three or four, we moved to South Orange, New Jersey. South Orange! represent. Uh, <laughs> that place is an amazing place. Yeah. Like, we talked yeah. about this in another yeah. podcast. I try to describe it to people. I feel like they don't get it. Yeah, they don't so get it. It's like, oh, it's five okay. minutes from Newark. Okay. <laughs> so do you feel like South Orange... As far as growing up in South Orange, do you feel like you had an advantage growing up where you didn't? Dang, like what kind of advantage? Like, as far as education. Because... Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no question. No question. When I moved down to Florida, I felt like there was like two or three years. So I was just like, uh, yep, guys, I already learned this yes. like two years ago. Yes. What are we doing here? Y'all just now doing letters in, in your math? Like, I was doing this in fifth grade. Uh-huh. Um, yep. yep. So, yeah. So... Pretty much, I would say, also the Dalcines. I was personally really close with the Dalcines growing up because I don't know where Rock was. He always had something after school. But me, yeah. after school, essentially, I just went over to Sophia's house every, every day after yeah. school because we both were in classes together. Mm. And then my parents worked or her parents worked. So one of them would come pick us up or Gislen would come pick us up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'd pretty much go hang out at their place until my dad was done with work at like five or six. And then he would take us home. Mm. So yeah, grew up. Pretty much in their house every day, playing video games, mm. PS2 days, mm-hmm. cookies and cream Ooh, days. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Actually, that reminds me. So, we, I personally, you guys can tell me if you thought the same. I always thought going to Rock and Melissa's house was the best. Yeah. Because their dad worked at Nabisco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That's the first thing I was like, well, I was like, we got cooked. I will never forget seeing stacks on stacks on snacks of like snacks and goods and mm. treats and stuff like that. But the weird thing is, like, he really didn't even give them out that no, much. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we had to sneak those. Yeah. If you saw cookies outside of our attic, that's because either there was a celebration that we just had, mm-hmm. or me and Rock did work. Yes. And we found the master key exactly to the attic. Yeah. My parents hid on top of the fridge. They thought they were slick. Yes. But all we needed was a stool, top of the fridge, yep. take the master key, yep. go to the attic, get me some Oreos, some vanilla wafers, yeah. some animal crackers. There was one Living. day we were at their house, and Rock and Bulls were like, all right, we got to wait till my mom goes away from the kitchen, and we're going to sneak everything <laughs> into <laughs> <laughs> and most is like, yeah, it's a skeleton key. It's a skeleton key. <laughs> <laughs> And literally, as kids, they would go down, and we're just like waiting in that <laughs> empty room with that old computer in the basement. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah upstairs, upstairs, yeah. And then they came down with goods, and we were like, all right. <laughs> it was a good, good spot. All right, so tell us a little bit about like. So, what are some like big things about living in New Jersey that you loved? Are there anything? Or I guess even in transitioning into Florida, is there anything that you feel like marked to you that you always remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a few things. Some of them are, like, funny. Some of them are not. Mm. Or not not funny, but, you know, mm. whatever. Um, so first, I was going to say, don't sleep on New Jersey pizza. Like, oh, I like yeah. New York pizza. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York for a summer, but, like, like pizza. people sleep on Jersey pizza. Jersey mm-hmm. pizza is good. The Trotteria. Just as good. Maplewood Trotteria. Yeah, man. so mm-hmm. that... Two, as a kid, I would say four squares. I don't know. People in Florida no. think they can play four squares. No, no. Think, they don't know. They when I moved to Florida, don't. I was trying to play four squares with people. It was weird. Yeah. I was like, y'all don't know the rules. Yeah. Like, yeah, y'all don't try. take this seriously. Because when we were in Jersey, like, four squares was a sport. Yeah. Like, you could go professional yes. in four squares. Yeah. It was a competition. Yep. They would do teams. They would do tournaments. Literally everything. So it was a way of life. Yeah. Four square, like actual four squares or the two square. Yeah. And sometimes was it like a two semicircle? It was like a se- semicircle mm-hmm. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that became a whole kind of dynamic too, because then there were people who were like, you play two squares? It's uh, four squares yeah. only. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, like, there was a two squares box where, like, the amateurs went yeah. and then there was a four square box that yeah. like if you're anything you're playing at that box right. yeah. my favorite year of four squares was fourth grade because for some reason there was a one box and i think all the best people were there and it was fourth graders or fifth graders mm. and every day we'd just be going so yeah. hard against mm-hmm. the fifth graders it was lit it was, it was lit it was lit man <laughs> was y'all didn't use the two squares no. <laughs> oh, that's what we used two squares I did two squares when I was in like second grade, and then I evolved. To settle beefs. <laughs> to settle beefs. To settle, to settle beefs. beefs. Really? Like, okay, like one on one. If the A box and the B box they were like going at it, like yeah, bro, I was trying to get this A. They're like, you know what? Let's get the two squares real quick. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess. You know, right, right. interesting. For us, it was like you got to stay in King for as long as you can. Yeah. Like yeah. as long as uh, the recesses. Yeah. Whoever stayed in the longest was like champ. All right. So moving into Florida, like. How did you handle that transition of moving to Florida? Were there any like weird hiccups or bumps? Mm. Where'd you go to school? Yeah. You guys moved bit. before us. Yeah, yeah we yeah. moved like two years before you guys did. And something was like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. It, it was, wasn't too. It wasn't too long. It was oh, roughly wow. two years. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I felt like it was like six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hated it at first, especially because when we first moved to Florida. We moved to Boca, oh, Boca mm. Raton, Florida. Yeah, is so bougie, mm. so rich. Like I don't even, 
I have no shame saying this. I don't know if anyone from Boca is listening to this. I don't care. Y'all are snobby. <laughs> like, I feel like when I moved in, I didn't have any friends at first. And I was fine with that. I went to the library every week, got my books, did mm-hmm. my thing, had some acquaintances. Mm-hmm. I remember being in school and like people who I guess were my acquaintances invited me to the beach. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, usually kids like, oh, mom, can I go with my friends? Blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, no. no. Like, yeah. I never asked my mom. I was like, I don't want to go anywhere with you guys. Like, I'd rather stay home and read or watch Disney Channel. That yeah. was the one thing I liked about when we moved to Florida is we had cable. Because yeah. we didn't have cable when we were in Jersey. Yep. Yeah, but then tennis. everywhere yep. in Florida has cable. So I was like, oh, I'm going to stay home, read books, uh, and watch Disney Channel. Yep. Done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't like that. I was bored in school. I actually did pretty bad in school when I first, or not super bad, but like, not good when mm. I first moved in school here, mainly because I was just like bored. Mm. Not because I didn't know the material, but I remember I got like my first C in math when I moved here because, and it was stuff that I already knew, but one, I needed glasses and I sat in the back of the class and I wasn't mm. trying to say I needed glasses. And two, I was just like bored being there, so I just didn't do my work. Um, but it was definitely stuff I already knew. Um, How so old yeah. were you when you moved? Like 11, 12? Okay. Yeah. Something so like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I was thirteen. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So that We're had to be tears. Florida is definitely different. Yeah, lizards. They got lizards here. Mm. Snakes. Snakes. Those two reptiles. I don't do reptiles. I love bugs. Oh, yeah. roaches. I hate when people uh, call them that. Frogs. I saw a roach here. Someone was like, "Oh, it's not." A... It was in. We went to Key West one summer, mm. and I saw a roach in the room. So I went to the ro- to the person, and I was like, "Hey, there's a roach in my room." And she was like, oh, it's a, lo- it's a water bug. Oh, no. I was like, don't tell It's a roach. Like, <laughs> don't I don't care what it is. Yeah. I don't want it in my room. Hey, but moving to Florida, too, you have that rumor of, like, UF doing an experiment and then all these experimental bugs coming out and settling in the... Uh, no? Really? <laughs> I, uh-huh. Am I the only one? I didn't hear that when we were moving out. Really? But, uh-huh. like, when I well, not when we were moving out, when we were here. When yeah. we were here, it's like... And then they have places. all those bugs cover, like, the whole... All the buildings are everywhere for like a season and then they're gone. Yeah. Oh, dang. What? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So one thing that we talked about a lot here is how, well, I don't know that we talked about it a lot, but I, I do want to touch on it. The dynamic as far as diversity in Florida is very different mm. than New Jersey. And uh, moving from, I think we mentioned it in our um, throwback episode, but moving from New Jersey where you have a classroom, classroom of like, all different kinds of people. You have people mm-hmm. in like hijabs uh, coming into school. You have people from different religions, different races, and that's like normal. And then those are the people that are excelling in school. To when I moved to school, I went to Jupiter Middle School, and the first thing I took out a book to read during the middle class because I was bored. And the guy next to me is like, "You read? What? What are you doing reading?" And I was like, "Uh." <laughs> it's like you like reading. It's like yeah. He's like. I don't know anybody who likes reading. <laughs> so yeah, it was a very strange <laughs> culture. Did you have like culture so shock? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely all white people. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would say also like definitely all white people. And yeah, the makeup of the classes was different. So especially like when I went into honors classes or AP classes, it was there was usually only like one or two other black students. Mm. Not even just in the class, but like enrolled in like right. my class type schedule period Mm -hmm. and so yeah that was weird what about you guys i always took count it was funny bumping off uh, yours i always took count every year my full schedule like let's say you get to seven periods i'm like all right so this year out of all seven periods there's three three black people in my class (laughs) 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 like 
Sophomore year was the highest at five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was looking at uh, some of our elementary school at like Clinton School at South Mountain. It was basically 40% white, 40% black, and like 10% other, like either Asian mm. or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. But here it's very drastically it's different. Gross. It's, it's very like different. 70% white and then other is 30 or less. I don't even know. I would jump that to 75. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty I mean, drastic. Jupiter High School was definitely way, way over over that. But but uh, junior school though was a bit more diverse. That's true. Yeah. Oh, he, he went to Suncoast. Sun yeah. Sun Suncoast was more diverse. But I still think majority yeah for sure for sure oh yeah so moving on to college you had a different college experience than i did because you went to uf yeah Um, yeah i went to ucf around the same time well i think i went up to visit you guys once Mm -hmm. which i went up actually for my friend's birthday and she ended up getting drunk and i ended up walking to (laughs) melissa's I actually think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to her and room. And Rock picked us up, Yeah, right? and then we went to Rock's house. Oh, really? So what happened yeah. was, um, one of my friends, Allie, what's up, girl? You know who you, you are? You were called her. Oh. You she just say her my friend. The pictures are on Facebook. Dang. It's for everyone to see. She, be like she's that. not ashamed. <laughs> so we, it was her birthday, and, you know, she was turning 18, and so she's like, oh, you know, come visit me in, Gain- in Gainesville. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't have a car, but I need to figure out a way to get there. So her and her friends come to Orlando, visit a couple of people, pick me up, and then we drive up to Gainesville. And they're like, oh, we're going to this frat party. It's going to be so much fun. There's like, we took pictures in the room. And that, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it was very like quintessential college time. And I was like, all right, cool. I've never done this before. Let's go. You know, let's see what this is. Walk in. One when they show you frat houses and movies, they're like well put together. There's paint on the walls, like they're not cracks in the walls. Mm-hmm. They're like furniture, mm-hmm. <laughs> not true. <true-like. laughs> well, they could have cleared it out for the house party. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they can't clear out a crack in the Gainesville, wall. <laughs> Gainesville frat houses Mm-mm. are not Mm-mm. cute. No, 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 no. no. They're kind of gross inside. There are some like universities where it's like historical, where they have beautiful houses and all that, but. Mm-hmm. No frat houses I've been to in Gainesville. Nope. Kind of raggedy. Yeah, oh. and they're off campus too, so they don't have to adhere to the yeah. on-campus rules. Yeah. And so, yeah, we walked down there, and then all of a sudden, my whole group, the one girl who was also staying sober, left, and the whole group was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Literally went crazy. Started like, I, I, at one point, we had two bottles amongst like the five of us mm-hmm. of like vodka. And they were just going, and, and then they're like, hey, make sure I don't get into trouble. Make sure I'm fine. <laughs> and I was like, you brought me here to be your mom? <laughs> so yeah, I was there for maybe like 30, 45 minutes. Oh, that short? Oh, damn. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They really went ham real quick. They went yeah. ham real quick. I lost one. <laughs> I don't know. Who. She turned up later that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, and then the, the girl who was supposed to be the, um, who was also sober that weekend, came back, and I was like, hey, Jordan, can you, like, watch them as I leave? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, so how do I get back to campus? She's like, just walk that way, walk that way, walk that way, and then I made my way to um, Melissa's. But anyways, that's a huge segue to say, what was <laughs> college like for you in Gainesville? I mean, my college years were actually pretty chill, especially the first two years were mm. kind of chill, like... Did my classes, mm. had a lot of, I had a lot of friends who came from high school mm. to UF. I think we had like 30 people come from our high school into oh, wow. UF. So like, 
I didn't have to branch out as much my first year, especially because one of my really good friends had a car, so it was just like, oh. we friends, we have like six, seven other friends we hang out with regularly, and you have a car, great, I don't have to meet anyone new. Mm. Um, but then I would say like the beginning or middle of my sophomore year, I started doing other things, so I joined random. I joined the Filipino Student Association because um, some friends of mine told me to join and She's they did Filipino. dancing. I'm not Filipino. No, no, no. <laughs> I was asked to join and essentially just did like um, their dance group with them, which was a lot of fun. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yay, Greg Hey! But anyways. You basically did the same thing. I basically did the same thing. Yeah. FSA. It was an FSA. I don't know. You what? It was ASU, I think. Yeah, probably. Something like that. Like yeah. Asians. They have. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, But most of them are Filipino, and I joined a dance group yeah, with them yeah, in yeah. it. So, 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 when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. what? It was like, well, I didn't become, like, a dancer out of that. I just had fun, and I started okay. branching out more. And then my junior I was one of those, like, super involved people in college. So, like, did preview, preview. was orientation leader, did, like... Just different things. Essentially, mm-hmm. just think of that annoying person who does all the things in college. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it was that. pretty tame. Pretty tame. Otherwise, like I didn't, I didn't drink in college until my last year, and even mm-hmm. then, like not a lot. So mm-hmm. I was just pretty tame. Like had a lot of friends by my junior year, and was like really involved in the school. Yeah, okay. it's a good yeah. time. Yeah, mine. Cool. I I probably didn't. I, well, I made a like a pact with myself that I wasn't gonna drink till I was twenty one. Not because I never drank before, because we Haitian. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. get that clear. I had yeah. drinks yeah. before. You can't really get past 12. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they use rum for Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but it was just, like, for me, uh, just because all my friends were going crazy, it was just, it, for me, I was just like, I can't be out of control with people who are completely out of control or not responsible. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be comfortable with the people that I'm with. So let me just wait till I'm 21. Everyone get their partying out now. And then when I'm ready, <laughs> y'all will be responsible. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't even come out. It just elevates. I don't even know. Yeah, like, get the true. party out. Nah. <laughs> Once they get out of college, it kind of like doubles. Sometimes. It depends mm-hmm. on the person. Did you feel well prepared for college after high school? Dang. Like, <laughs> academically or... Both. I would say academically, sure, but that was mostly because by, like, high school, I don't, I don't know, I did, like, pretty well in school, so honestly, like, my parents kind of stopped checking my report cards and, like, mm. all that stuff by the time I was, like, sophomore, mm. um, so I was, like, already in that thing of, like, <laughs> doing my own stuff, so academically, I guess I was, like, fine, but just other things, I think being, like, a first-generation college student here, there are so many things that I didn't know about, like, financial aid-type mm, things, yeah. like, mm, yeah. just how to finesse the system, which is cool, because I'm in higher ed now, so I know all those things, but, like, mm. going through college as a first-gen? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> Especially if you're the first of your family. My yeah. goodness. All these ropes, <laughs> I had to learn, and then a lot of them I just didn't know until after the after, fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yo, FAFSA. The first year filling out FAFSA. Oh, yeah, I made a mistake. That was they stressful. Taught, I had Struggle. to stay home the first they took semester the of sophomore year because they're like, "Yo, you made a mistake you on this. your first year. You're not gonna get money." So Dang. I was like, "Oh snap!" Mm. Yeah, it's really, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I felt like also. So I did. Um, I I Vasi stayed here and she had her orientation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to UCF and we did like um, new student orientation. I went with my dad. That was also strange as a <laughs> first generation because my parents, I mean, you know, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even though, you mean like the skits and stuff that they do? Well, 
more so like the idea of me moving out and me uh, being so excited yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh yeah, you have to play it cool. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> my college was five minutes from my parents' house. Yeah, okay. Or like my campus. I, I wasn't at the main campus. I was at a different campus, which is five minutes from yeah. my parents' house. Now so it's two hours. I, uh, during my especially the first couple of years, I was expected to come home every weekend. Yeah. It's definitely different when you don't live in the same town. Oh, yeah. Man, I kind of wish I did that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. Oh, oh, I saw so much when I came home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever told you this, but this is a story that I always tell when I talk about college and finessing the system. So... <laughs> When I, I went, oh, I know the story. I feel like I, I know how you got the room. Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. oh my yep. gosh. Sophia got a nice she room. <laughs> Twenty years later, you know, one time in college. Hey, but here's what happened. I went to the orientation and I saw the freshman doors. I said, no, <laughs> no way. I'm too bougie for this. But really though, UCF had not updated its dorms, and it was like yeah. 50 years old at the time, and they looked like basements, like little basements. Which, like, at least at UF, y'all build up. They don't. They stay flat. Anyways, it was disgusting. So, you know, I just finagled my way into the senior dorm. <laughs> the nicest one on campus with the kitchen. The, <laughs> they had just built those uh-huh. two towers, the two, right? Mm-hmm. They're called the towers. Yeah. The towers. Welcome. And it was only supposed to be for upperclassmen yep. to get first choice. And then and then athletes on one and then grad students on the other. Dang. Yep. <laughs> and so if you got in the first year, it was open. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm not necessarily promoting. Well, I'm just, just saying, said that you got you it. said you finessed it. <laughs> you know, something you gotta. They don't need to know there how. There are just so many other things that are against you. You gotta figure out. You know, <laughs> make it a little bit easier easier for yourself. But what uh, your roommates that year? Mm-hmm. How many of them were freshmen? One. So she found a way in there too. Yeah, she found a way in there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so me and her were the only freshmen, and then we had a pair of sisters, a sophomore and a junior, who fought all the time. <laughs> like, on Saturday morning when I'm trying to sleep, I mistakenly signed up for an A30 class my first semester. Oh, no, never again. Did I ever tell you about that bowling incident? Mm-mm. Bowling? Bowling? Okay. No, I don't think so. So my first week on campus... My two upperclassmen roommates were like, oh, come bowling with us. On a Sunday night, I have a class 8.30 Monday the next day. I was like, okay. Meanwhile, I don't have any money to go bowling. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay, let's hang out with roommates. You know, everyone thinks your roommates are going to be your best friends. So I went, and then I, um, one of the other roommates was like flirting with this guy, and the other one was kind of just like, ditzy and going on her own thing and then they're like oh hey we're gonna go visit this guy's house real quick do you mind and i being a freshman and being kind of just not resolute in what i wanted to do i was like sure let's go so we get into this guy's car this guy and this other guy started racing down i i4 i think it was (laughs) i'm like i'm literally clinging onto the seats with my nails going into the seat and they're like and the girls are laughing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad that you're so relaxed while my life is <laughs> So we get to this guy's uh, apartment in downtown Orlando. He lives up in, like, some skyrest or whatever. And they start bringing out some alcohol for them to drink. And they start talking. And I'm sitting there so uncomfortable. And they're like, oh, do you want some? You good? We won't be here too long. 
the one girl starts flirting with another guy who was in our group who was an RA for the towers, so he wasn't supposed to be there, and he mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be drinking. Uh-oh. And then the other girl was sitting with the guy who owned the apartment, talking and laughing, whatever. We stayed out until, I want to say, about 4.30. Uh-uh. And then they were like, oh, let's go home. Let's go home! I got a class of four hours! <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> Lo and behold, I didn't hang out with him after that. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you learned that lesson week one. Yeah. yeah. It was rough, man. And that and was then, before Uber times, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you were yeah. stuck. I was stuck. Dang. I even thought, that. can I call a taxi? I ain't got no money. <laughs> <laughs> they were even like, oh, do you want to leave? I was like, yeah, yeah, kind of. They're like, oh, no, no, we'll be, we'll be there soon. Da, da, da. Two hours later. And they're like, oh, soon, soon, soon. I, the one guy who was the RA ended up drunkenly professing his love to one roommate, and she's like, "Nah, bruh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. yeah." It was it was a weird night, and then they talked to me about it the next morning, like, "Oh, what was it so fun?" I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "Anyways, so let's kind of turn the corner here a little bit." It's the end of 2018, and whether you're listening to this now in 2018 or in 2019, um. <clears throat> We started off this year kind of making a pact amongst ourselves, our siblings, um, that this was going to be the hustle year. Well, the glow up year. That's an interesting. I don't even know if we've done any of that. Did we really do? I said it was my glow up year, and I have. Hello. I thought it was the, the, the change year, or yeah. just the mindset year. Trying to pick a, a good Yo, word to put up. I, it was my mindset. Okay, year. your mindset year. <laughs> Immigrant parents put a bunch of um like a list of what they think is important mm. and not it not only parents but like society also gives you a list of mm. what is important in your life and so i think this year i was really like man a lot of the stuff that we put importance on really doesn't matter at all mm. at the end of the day so just changing that mindset and just focusing on what really matters at the end of the day mm. A lot of Gary V. I'm a fan of Gary Vee. Yeah. Woo. Listen to a lot of uh, hype up stuff. And yeah, he definitely will hype stuff. you up about, you know, changing your life. And, or not changing your life, but just trying to figure out how to become happy with your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you know, do something Doing about something, it. yeah. And not have it all be about money or what you do mm-hmm. or how you look to other people. For my glow up year, I think part of it, and I think I'm still in the process of this, is getting rid of that need to impress and just doing things because you want to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for example, with my blog and stuff, it's it's been really fun just being creatively in control of that and not having to alter it based off of people's opinions. Now, granted, there are posts that do well, and I'm just like, all right, cool, I'll put more stuff like that. That's like feedback. But I, I mean, I don't tailor it based to what a typical blogger would be or a blogger my age or what makes money or, you know what I mean? Like, right. I just, I've been able to make it look like, write like, although our Instagram page is, is improving and we need some work, I've just been able to do that all on my own and kind of build that on the uh, on the side. But yeah, that's a good thing that we've done in 2019. You have any more also? Yeah, I think similar to what Vasti was saying, like having a lot of societal pressures and pressures as, like, a child of immigrants of, like, what are you doing? How much are you making? Mm-hmm. Why are you? Because I live all the way in California. Why are you all the way out there? When are you coming back? Like, mm. 
what does it mean? Like, is this the end of your career type thing? Um, so I think for 2018, a big theme was just like, I don't know, like feeling free and mm-hmm. having a lot more freedom right. uh, is definitely helpful that I'm all the way across the country. Uh, okay, so I'm going to ask, because <laughs> our parents, our, our moms are sisters, however, they do parent differently. Did you ever feel with proximity, so say like even for your job in, what was that? It was North Charleston. Carolina? Charleston, yeah. Do you ever, did you ever feel, or have you felt like extreme pressure to conform your life to a certain way from your parents or is there okay (laughs) sorry I nodded I said yes (laughs) uh yeah definitely so I think it was helpful because obviously I'm not a doctor or a lawyer Mm -hmm. um so that happened very young and I like I feel like it was it's helpful that Rock was a doctor Mm because then you know they got their doctor they could stop bothering me about this other stuff Mm. um and I think like just always because definitely I've had like five different major career paths, journeys, mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. I think every time I've been doing it, I've just been like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to work out. And just always like telling, even though I don't know what's going on, just like making sure my parents see no. that I seem very focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like after that, they kind of started to back off a little bit because I've at least like never been without a job or not in school or something. Mm-hmm. So they've just been kind of like, all right, like as long as you can someday stop asking us for money, but there definitely yeah. still has been a lot of pressure to like, be making six figures at this age mm. or be married or whatever, so mm. on and so forth. So I think definitely like, Where's my yes, I just have come to, I, I started ignoring that earlier on, which is why it's easy for me. Um, but now that I like live halfway across the country, it's even easier to just like do my own thing yeah. and like be my own person. Oh, and then yeah. when I come here, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do for a couple weeks and then yeah. <laughs> go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, we went on a, a family reunion and then had one of our cousin's husbands like make mm, a comment yeah. which I thought I didn't even realize after he made it, I was like oh snap like if you line up all the kind of cousins up as far as oldest to youngest the first half is all medical mm-hmm. like everybody's in the medical field in Nurses. some way mm-hmm. or, or dip their foot in it yep. because they felt like they had to and I was like dang I didn't even notice that but uh, it's Cindy's husband, Matt here, but he, he pointed that out and he was like, yeah, guys, just do what you want to do. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. You're yeah. just not happy if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the pressure for, I don't know, yeah. just cause X looks better than Y or something like that. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. And it's actually really funny. Cause I think just two days ago, cause my mom also in the medical field, just two days ago, my mom was talking to, um, to Emma. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, I'm so glad Melissa ended up not going into the medical field because she was just talking about like how stressful it is oh, and yeah. how much drama there is and like pettiness within the field. So it was just really funny hearing my mom say that yeah. after yeah. all the years of, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then finally she was just like, you know, like I'm so glad my daughter isn't doing this because <laughs> it's just too much. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. And then also like success looks different to other people. Like success does not have to be six figures like we had a talk mm-hmm. uh with the family on the cruise and although like and so everyone kind of gave an update on their lives what they're doing and there are definitely those of us that have goals for you know a certain amount of income and things like that uh, but even for some of us like <laughs> i work nonprofit, most of works 501c3 as well you're not looking at six figures on the bottom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're you're probably making six figures closer to the top, like being the CEO, mm-hmm. but then also you're trading your life for basically that program. 
Um, however, I still feel very successful at my job. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm well suited for what I do. I feel like I still have room to grow. I feel like I can still kind of make it into what I want it to be. Um, but I feel very successful at my job. But if you look at my salary, that might, if that was the indicator of my success, mm-hmm. boy, we at the bottom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you are doing something you like and you make 45000 a year and you're happy mm-hmm. and you don't complain about how your life is, I, I think you're winning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say, oh, good thing I had a chance to think about it. Uh, I would say a lot of, uh, 2018 was a lot of uh, test and learn because for, for a while I was just like, even, even in 2017, I was like, had a bunch of different jobs, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I would tell you I was doing this this time, and then I'm selling knives now, and then I'm doing this, and I'm... Yeah, I don't know why. I s- everybody hey, sold the knives. My mom bought a knife for me. <laughs> I still remember that. Honestly, Greg, That's you know, right. my mom's a good person. <laughs> when you left our house, I was like, Mom, you really about to buy a two hundred dollar knife for this? <laughs> I, I was shook. Yeah. 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 I was too. like, what? I thought we all passed that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Continue. Well, was it? Uh, yeah. So that was those past two years. Honestly, was a lot of like test and learn. Yeah. Even for the obvious stuff that should have an obvious answer. I'm just like, all right, cool. I get it. And now I found like few those one, two to three things. I'm like, all right, cool. This, this, and this. And um, it's just finding out, like like you said, finding out those things that make you happy and being uh, and being content with like, all right. No matter what somebody says about it, no, no matter how you gotta go, say, I mean, you might have to go around it and be like, oh yeah, no, don't worry, I'm in school, but you know, you're still working on your thing. But yeah, that's that's what I was, I think that's what I was been doing 2017 and 2018. And now I got those few things and ready to push into it for 2019. Be good. All right, so <clears throat> kind of keep going with that whole theme. So, Mel, we talked about the past. Um, talk to us about what your life looks like now. What do you do? Uh, so I work in higher education administration at UC Berkeley in California. So I moved out west like two years ago. Mm. Um, and my official title is Assistant Director for African American Student Development. But essentially what I do is I work with black people all day. And (laughs) it's pretty lit. I like being able to do that kind of work because I do like... I don't really like to describe it as social justice work, but I guess social justice, like, liberatory type work. Um, And UC Berkeley only has a population of, like, 3% of black students there, so they deal with, like, a lot of racism Mm -hmm. and just a lot of, like, hurdles or different things from the university, from their peers. Like, people would be like, oh, um, when they're assigning, like, lab groups, people intentionally don't want to work with the black students because they automatically assume that, like, the black students won't know oh, what wow. they're like things like really? that still happen yes wow. literally but so like I, that doesn't make sense to me why that happens there because yeah, yeah california Berkeley, oh don't let it fool you no, <laughs> i i assumed when because i forget what it's called but they don't want to do the whole oh we need certain amount of each denomination. affirmative action exactly. yeah. yeah they don't they don't do that at berkeley but you know it's just but then mm. as a student i would say so everybody so got here, here on yep merit. yeah on merit yeah, yeah. so i'm surprised yeah. That that is happening there. Yep, still happens. So what's the point of not doing it for... Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. People still don't believe that, like, that does... That's been... That hasn't happened for... When did that go out? Like, at least 10 years, 15 years, something oh, like wow. that. So, like, it's been a long time where 
like most schools have not been using affirmative action. So it's just little things like that that they'll deal with. Or like even me in my job, like sometimes I'll go places because we can dress kind of casually. Like that's the culture of the school and the culture mm-hmm. of my office. So like mm-hmm. some days I might wear like jeans and a t-shirt mm-hmm. or, you know, just dress differently. And so I'll go to like the vice chancellor's office and literally people will be like, can I help you with something? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm here to talk to your boss. Like, <laughs> what you mean? So just things like that. But even I, after working there for two years, yeah. you can. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. But overall, I enjoy it because it's just like, I don't know. Like, I'll be posting things on my Snapchat or my mm. Instagram sometimes because, like, working black people is fun. Yeah. <laughs> black people are cool. They, they got chants for everything, uh-huh. cheers for everything. They can like, dance to anything. Dance into everything. So, they like, beat. <laughs> yeah, with your shoes. Literally. <laughs> so, like, I'll be, because I, I teach one class. And so I'll be, like, with my students. And all of a sudden, they made up, like, a cheer for their class or mm. their, a cheer for their floor because they're also, they also live on a floor together. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, like, drop a beat and start doing it in class. I'm like, oh, let me get my phone out real quick like so yeah I have a lot of fun doing my work and it's also like a lot of work like emotional work so Mm. finding that balance of like when I'm not at work I'm not at work like Mm. is very hard um and so I think that's another like theme for this year for me was like trying to maintain a good work-life balance Mm. because like working in this field and like I was a college student I was a black college student I was a first generation college student and so like a lot of the students I'm working with are the same. Mm. And so it's very easy for me to just be like, oh man, I got to help them with this. I got to do this for them. I got to answer my emails immediately. I have to be there. They have my phone number. Like I have to be there for everything. Mm. And then also realizing like, no, no, no. Like I need to take care of myself. So like I'm here for you between nine when I leave. Like thankfully we got work phones recently, which has been very helpful. Mm. But before that, this past year, I was like, okay, when I leave at five o'clock, like I'm not answering texts. Emails, emails, anything. Mm-hmm. Like my first year, I used to go to work, come home, sit on the couch with my laptop. Mm-hmm. Like just at my laptop doing work until it was time for work the next morning. So oh, definitely oh, wow. changed that. Yeah. Yeah. Took, That's intense. Yeah, it took many steps back this year. But yeah. other like holistically I like my job. So Yeah. Nice. That whole work life balance is a challenge. I find that I'm in a similar situation. Yeah. But uh, with nonprofit, you find that most everyone has like at least two, three jobs that they're doing per one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even that for me, like a part of my job, um, I can't really turn off. And so a part of it is kind of ongoing. And so as situations come up, I'm the one to address them. But even just making it clear for the parts that are not like, mm-hmm. all right, it's five o'clock. I'll see you later. (laughs) And like, what's funny is I've learned, because this is now going into my third year here, is like there are certain seasons of the year, like Christmas season, where I do put in way more work. And I put in way more time, way more effort. But by the time that January hits, I would say probably like January 20th or so, when everything's calmed down, we are back to nine to five. (laughs) And and the thing is like, uh, what uh, Gary Vee says putting in more hours isn't necessarily the solution. It's just doing really good work with the hours that you give and making those count. And I've just been trying to kind of make it that my mantra. And honestly, I feel like it's worked for me. I feel like the product of my work is the way that it is because I have been trying to make good use of the hours that I have. And then also the fact that I give myself time to work on things that I want to do and not sacrifice my vision and my dream for my own life because of my job, even though I like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't had too much like extra hours. I've had had a day where I I put in 10 hours in one day, 
But that was because that was right before going on the Europe trip. Mm. And, you know, I was the only one person that was in charge of said thing. Even with two people helping me to get it done, I still had to put in 10 hours that one day. But other than that, pretty within said 8.30 to 4.30 time. I don't usually go over that much. Mm-hmm. At least not now. Back at, Sometimes in the past, depending on what the project was. Because research is weird. If you have somebody asking for results, you have to get it done. Mm. Yeah. You, can, you can't wait. So. Do you... That's nice. So, like, what is it that you want to do at this point with your life as far as vision and future? <laughs> it's wow. a big question. That is a huge question. It's a big question. But, like, just because you have a job doesn't always mean that that yeah. specifically aligns with what you want to do. So where where are you think like where are you headed? Where's your heart at? Yeah, I actually appreciated you saying what you said about um like you like your job but you still want that time and need the time to do your own things because I feel like that's what was happening with me my first year mm-hmm. as I was getting I was doing I like my job, I liked it, so I was okay with doing all the extra work, mm-hmm. but then I was getting burned out and exactly. I realized that there were things that like I actually want to be doing that I wasn't doing. So this year um Ultimately, I think I want to do more... So I do work in, like, anti-racism, anti-oppression, liberation. I'm a very, like, radical person. (laughs) You hear about my political thoughts, but we won't get into that. But essentially, um, so I kind of want to do some of that work. But Mm. And I'm also, like, in education, and I Mm. consider myself to be an educator. So I would love to do more, like, workshops and facilitation and have been thinking more this past year about what it would mean to just start like my own consulting group Mm. um, Mm. or consulting business where I have a website and people can request my services to come in and do a workshop or do some kind of training or educational thing for them. Um, So actually this year I was able to do, I haven't done anything formally, but I was able to do a couple of different workshops where I was requested to come in and didn't ask for any payment, but some, like someone gave me like a $25 gift card and Mm. another person paid me like $200 stipend. So it was Mm. cool just to kind of see that that is an avenue that I can Mm -hmm. kind of make. Mm -hmm. So right now, like if you're listening and you need any kind of diversity (laughs) training, like hit me up. I'm just kind of trying to build my portfolio at this point. Mm. And then at some point would like to like build a website and actually come up with like a pricing scheme Scheme type thing. That's really cool. Um, Yeah. And kind of build some like storytelling development into that too. And really getting people involved in like their own liberation. Mm. So yeah, that's a long-term goal. And now that I've been able to spend a little bit more time doing some of that stuff, it's definitely felt better. And yeah. it's just like, I'm still doing my work. I still love my job, but I needed I needed to Your be own. able to incorporate mm-hmm. more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you feel like is the most um, important things for companies as far as like corporations and all of that? What's the most important thing that you think they need to know about diversity? Dang. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just that it's not just a numbers game. Mm. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, diversity? Okay, we need to get two black people, two Asian people, two Hispanic people, (laughs) three women, and then we're good. Like, Mm. that's part of it. Definitely representation is important, but it's also about, like, what you're actually doing. So are you actually thinking about, are you actually listening to the black people that you're bringing into your company Mm. and, like... Like, why are you making that Pepsi commercial that everyone hated? Mm -hmm. Were you listening Mm -hmm. to the black people sitting at the table Mm -hmm. when that was happening? Or are you making sure that the climate isn't bad for the people who you're inviting into your company? Because maybe you're like, all right, we have such a diverse company, but you still have like five racist employees who are making all these other Mm -hmm. people feel really bad every day. So just kind of thinking like very holistically and like 
all right, it's not just about numbers, it's about what kind of culture we're creating, too. That's actually really, really good. Because I've, I've, in my life, have been either involved with or worked with companies that have made diverse movements, and I know it, like, they didn't tell me this, but I just knew I was the token black girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you Yeah, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I yeah. was the token black girl. <laughs> And so I was included in a lot of different events, opportunities, things like that. But that wasn't the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it just literally at the at that point, I was just an object to Show signify off. that they were diverse, diverse, and not necessarily like an actual valued member of the team mm-hmm. that was worth investing in or spending time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually a huge reason why I distanced myself from some things and gotten closer to others is because that that part like I even so um the church that I go to now I sing at their worship team and at my audition it was just like a very casual thing but the worship um director person uh auditioned me and started talking at the time there was um I want to say it was like Eric Gardner or something was just killed um at the time and it was like literally the day after or something like that. Something like that happened. It was, it was the day after. And rather than just go through the interview, he actually asked me my opinion on it. And he was like, yeah, I want, like, and he is a white guy. And he has a white wife and white kids. So he's definitely not, he doesn't experience it the same way. But he was very uh, forthcoming about trying to understand and trying to, like, listen. And then also being, like, someone who's, like, all right, I acknowledge that I'm at this point, but I want to help and get, like, I want to help spread awareness about mm-hmm. this. And I was just like, that was my audition. He, like, he didn't even know me at that point. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the team. And that, to me, was more important than a lot, like, you know, than putting me on a team, you know, for that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a huge, huge point of mm-hmm. diversity. All right. Well, it's been great having Mel. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for doing a podcast with us. Um, we're going to have her in the future and probably get into a little bit more about her uh, past growing up, kind of share a little bit more. We might share, uh, if you remember from a previous podcast, Melissa and I went to elementary school together. Um, and I may have mentioned just very briefly that we had a very interesting experience. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we may or may not tell, you know, and some more. I just learned a little bit more about her. Um, but if you uh, like what you hear, be sure to share this with people. We love um, having new people here and listen. Of course, check out post25life.com. You can follow us at Instagram, post25life, or you can follow me, Soph Delcine. Greg, where can they follow you? Mr. Vigarius, that's my Instagram. Vasti? Uh, Instagram is Tales from Sabrio. And Mel? Instagram is melcharles5. All right. Well, it's been another Post 25 Life podcast. We'll see you later. Have a good one.